0: We've been talking about uh, uh, prayer. Uh, here the last uh, two or three weeks. We didn't know. We talked about it. We had New Year's last week, so it wasn't on prayer last week. But I want to talk to you today about seeing prayer as absolutely essential. And we've talked enough about prayer, I think in November, where um, none of these messages are meant to guilt anybody. to say, oh good, no, horrible, another prayer message and to tell me how I'm failing in prayer. No. Uh, all of us feel like we're inadequate in prayer. I know I do. And I'm, I'm still learning how to pray. And uh, I feel like sometimes I'm just a child in learning how to pray. Or like pray, I'm in first grade. But I um, want to see. Prayer. So when I talk about prayer as essential, sometimes it's easy to for us to uh, um, not see prayer as essential. In our relationship with God and it's easy to set it aside then it's easy to neglect it it's easy to you know to let something else crowd, crowd it out and uh, I know I've, I've been there I, I, I know that or no you, you have a good day of prayer and then maybe you're just inconsistent in it in, you, don't, you don't do it consistently and um we want to see how that, that uh, if we just simply take steps to uh, see how essential it is in our life, it might help us to uh, try to discipline ourselves to do it more consistently. Um, seeing prayer as absolutely essential, in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4, we have an incident here where Jesus was, was praying. He was off praying by himself. And it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John, talking about John the Baptist, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Then give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Now this is somewhat of an abbreviated version because in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus gives a more extended version of a pattern for prayer. This is what he gives his disciples when they ask him. This is a pattern for prayer. These are the essentials that uh, if you want to know how you would go about praying, how you would begin learning to practice to pray, Jesus gave us an outline here about how to pray or just some, some guidelines here. So let's let's ask the Lord to help us as we begin this message here about seeing prayer as essential. Lord, we pray today that He'll help us to not um, feel guilty because we have failed in prayer. Help us to see that You're reaching out to us to show us how that we were created to pray and that it's actually a learning process of how to pray. Help us to learn to pray, Lord. Help us to, to, to be able to uh, just uh, take baby steps day after day of learning how to become better at prayer. We know you're helping us. You want to help us, and you will help us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, our Lord is certainly no, uh, certainly no genie, you know, in a, in a lamp or in a bottle, is he? But I have a question I want to ask you today, kind of like uh, Solomon. If, uh, like Solomon in Second Chronicles chapter one, you might remember that chapter, how that he received an invitation from God to that God would grant him any request that he made. It's a very interesting chapter. I don't know if God's ever, I've never read that in the scriptures other than there, where God said, ask me for anything you want and I'll I'll give it to you. And of course we know Solomon, he asked for wisdom to be able to do God's will for the nation that he was to rule over, that being Israel, of course. Let me ask you a question. What would you ask for? If God, if, if, if you were Solomon and God came to you and said, ask me for anything you'd like, you know, and I'll grant it to you. You know, maybe a new job. Uh, maybe a, a promotion. Maybe better health. Huh, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? More money. Maybe a new house. Maybe family. Maybe long life. Interesting question, isn't it? What would, what would you ask for? All the gospel writers, loved ones, they, they point out that Jesus practiced uh, prayer. He practiced it morning afternoon and evening. And it doesn't mean that he was always praying. It doesn't mean he was always going around praying, but it means this, that he was always ready to pray. That he had created, a, he had a relationship with God in such a way that he didn't have to take time to say, to get reacquainted with God before he prayed, you know. He, he had, had the discipline of prayer in his life where he was always ready to pray at any time that there was a need. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 records that Jesus allowed the disciples to sleep, but he rose early before the sun rose to go and find a quiet place to pray while it was still dark. He let the disciples sleep, but he knew that prayer was so essential to him that he had to get up early enough on this particular we don't know that he did this every day, but this particular time he did. He got up early and he, and he went, and he found a quiet place to pray. Um, Luke actually records more incidences of Jesus' prayer life than any of the other gospel writers. Maybe you've studied this before. I don't want to belabor this too long because this might be kind of hard for us but I looked we looked up I looked up uh, this, the, all these scriptures here that dealt with the when uh, well, that Luke records Jesus praying and again he recorded more instances of Jesus praying than the other disciples the other gospel writers did but like in Luke 4 1 to 4 Jesus full of the Holy Spirit led by the Spirit prepares for ministry with 40 days of fasting and prayer all by himself out there in the wilderness he often withdraws to lonely places to pray in Luke five, sixteen. Luke six, twenty-eight. He he tells his followers to pray even for those who mistreat them. Luke nine Jesus is transfor, uh, transfigured while praying God's voice is heard from a cloud there then we have another we have Luke here Luke 10 Jesus he sends out the 72 on a prayer journey the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray we just read that and then he gives them a, he gives them also a prayer pattern there in Luke 11 2 to 4 and Luke 15, 11 5 to 12, 13 he gives him powerful prayer promises culminating in the promise of the Holy Spirit we're almost done but we got another page here jesus continues on here <clears throat> to teach to always pray and never to give up Um, Jesus declares that his house is to be a house of prayer Jesus prays that Peter's faith will not fail Jesus instructs the disciples to pray against temptation and then goes to pray himself and then just the last three here Jesus he prays uh, for the cross uh, I should say from the cross two times the resurrected Christ exhorts his followers to stay in Jerusalem and then pray wait for the Holy Spirit Jesus prays a prayer blessing as he goes up to heaven so Luke is, uh, amazingly just records all these times that are, just shows us how essential prayer was to Jesus. And um, he records this incident here in chapter 11. The disciples had been with Jesus probably a couple years by this by, by now and had heard him preach a zillion times here in chapter 11 of Luke. And again, that's just a metaphor, you know, Isaiah in times. But uh, they, they heard him preach a lot of times. In, in all that time, we never read of them asking him one time, Lord, teach us to preach. It's interesting. They, they didn't ask Jesus to teach them to preach. But they did ask him to teach them to pray. Huh. I um, said, so teachers to pray is John like John the Baptist taught his disciples. <laughs> this we don 't know who this disciple is that's asking the one of the twelve here, but it very well could be Andrew because we know in John chapter one verse forty that Andrew was one of John the Baptist's disciples, so it might have been Andrew well. We've seen before, loved ones, that it's our wrong perspective a lot of times on prayer, our misunderstanding of prayer that defeats us in our proper practice of it. We have the wrong thinking about it, and so therefore it's, it's beyond us. We can't, we, can't, uh, we can't step up to our own standard of what we think prayer is. Uh, we kind of want to compare it to a person who <clears throat> has read all kinds of exciting literature on hiking and camping. I mean, this relates to me. I like, I like hiking and camping. You know, they've gazed at and they've visualized beautiful mountain meadow landscapes with bubbling brooks and just gorgeous blue skies, refreshing breezes, and... Screeching eagles, you know, flying in the air. I mean I have these visions, you know, I want, I look at pictures and things, and I think this is what I want to experience, you know. I want to go out there and this is what I and then you um, you excitedly purchase all the outdoor gear, you know, the, the the hiking shoes, the backpack, the cooking gear, the sleeping bag, the the you know, special tent, the special one man tent that you can use during the night. And you get you joyously plan your trip, you get ready, and as you open the door to go out and hike on the Appalachian Trail it's raining and it's raining and it's raining and it's raining and you go out and you put on your rain gear and it rains that day and it rains the next day and it rains a third day and all of a sudden the trail becomes muddy and you're thinking where's these gorgeous blue you know, skies and where's this, these mountain meadows with the bumbling brook and the screeching eagles and you think this isn't what I thought it was going to be at all And then all of a sudden the bugs come out and the gnats and mosquitoes and you got the black flies and you got all these things chewing on your flesh and it's hot and humid and you're sweltering and you're thinking this isn't all. I I mean this isn't what the book didn't say anything about this at all. Sometimes we look at prayer that way. We read these books on prayer about how magnificent it is, or we, we, we. And, but when we go to practice it, something it's just—it's raining. It's just I'm not—I'm not getting that, pastor. I'm not experiencing that—that that glorious, you know, blue sky, uh, uh, mountain scene, meadow at all. I'm not getting that. Well, let me tell you, you're, all or. It it could be that if you go back to the hiking illustration, it could be that, well, you'll realize that that's part of hiking is the weather. That's part of camping. There's nothing you can do about that. There will be those days when the sky will be blue. And you'll hear the bubbling brook. And you'll hear the eagles. There's going to be those days when those things are far off. But but, um, one thing you realize, if you stop and examine yourself, it's instead of looking on the outside, look on the inside, your perspective about things. And you realize that probably you had an immature attitude about the whole ordeal. And you need to take off those rose-colored glasses that paint everything solely about you and your pleasure. Yeah. Take off those rose-colored glasses that paint everything about you and your pleasure. Now one's prayer is like that for people. Not that they realized it at first, but, uh, but I know because I have unintentionally and childlessly fallen into that mindset about prayer in the early years of my ministry. And let me tell you, it creates a love-hate feeling about prayer in your life. There's times you love prayer and other times you just hate it. There, I said it out loud. It's true. Sometimes you love it. Sometimes you think, man, I just dread this. I, I, I'm dreading it today. You know you know there are so many noble things in life that we try only to give up on because they 're just not easy to grasp, or they seem to push back um, challenging our strength and our resolve, and maybe because it was of the difficulty you know the the, the, the benefit of obtaining a new noble habit just wasn 't worth the hassle of learning. A new perspective about yourself. You know, there are many tossed aside exercise bikes and <laughs> weightlifting um, kits and sets, I should say, and diet manuals, things that we started started enthusiastically, but lost steam shortly thereafter. You know, prayers like that too. We have these noble thoughts, but then we, we kinda we kind of just lose our steam. Any new practice, any new habit or discipline or training is a challenge to our thinking. It's a challenge to our emotions. It's a challenge to our physical flesh. Any new habit, any new, anything, is, it's a challenge to us. Again, it's a challenge to our thinking. It's a challenge to our feelings. It's a challenge to our physical flesh. Prayer is that same way. Loved ones, I know the Father in Heaven wants to open up your life to experience a deepening fellowship of His power, of His presence, His insights. But we all have wrong thoughts. We have these immature thoughts about prayer that makes us feel like failures in prayer. Years ago, an older Christian lady in one of the churches I was pastoring she approached me after service one day and shared how she had smoked tobacco for like 35 years, and she just couldn't quit. She said, "Pastor, I've tried. I've tried time and time again, and I've..." and she, she buckled every time. She said, "I just can't. I just can't. You know, I just can't lick it. I can't. I can't conquer it." She loved the Lord. I know she did. She she, she loved the Lord, and but when she tried to stop the, that old nicotine habit. She just buckled. I never condemned her. Uh, I told her, "I mean, I understand how hard addiction and those addictive habits can be." Sometime later, I don't remember how long it was, uh, but sometime later, uh, this dear lady suffered a severe heart attack. Her cardiologist told her that she must stop smoking immediately if she hoped to prolong her life. Her favorite song, I remember, was God Will Take Care of You. I mean, she always requested that song at church. God Will Take Care of You. That, that was her favorite song. And I remember in the ER and maybe even in the cath lab also, I remember she was with her daughter there in the ER, and I remember they were singing that song, and both of them couldn't sing worth a hoot. I'm mean, going to tell you, they couldn't sing... Both of them. Mother had passed the, the, the sour note genes right down to her daughter. And uh, they were singing, but because they were full of faith and zeal, and the, the doctor and the nurses, they just let them sing. You know, they were singing, God will take care of you. And uh, I remember she was such a delight. And she, again, she, she couldn't sing, but her faith and zeal were real. But something changed in that dear lady. All of a sudden, she saw um, ridding her life of smoking tobacco as absolutely essential. She saw it. She saw that this is absolutely essential that I stop smoking, that I stop this. And she did. After 35 years, I mean, and well, it was actually longer because I think her heart attack happened after a couple, three years after. She had told me about her, her, her defeats, you know. But she, just, she, she uh, deleted this unhealthy habit from her life after all that time because in her understanding, her perspective, God helped her to see how essential it was to her life. Prayer is, is a healthy activity that in the same way it is so essential in enhancing our relationship, our, our, our spiritual health, I should say. We, we were created to learn to pray. We were created to, to be in contact with God. You know, creator, creature. Prayer is just, that's the only way to stay in contact with Him is through prayer. I like what Haddon Robinson said. He said this, For Jesus, prayer was absolutely crucial. It was absolutely essential. For us, listen to this, for us, prayer is preparation for the battle. For Jesus, prayer was the battle itself. For Jesus, prayer was like running the marathon and ministry was going to receive the gold medal. For Jesus' prayer was like taking the final exam and ministry was going to receive the diploma. <laughs> Where was it that Jesus shed great drops of blood? Was it in, the, in Pilate's judgment hall? <laughs> was it when he staggered up, the, up Golgotha carrying the cross? No, for Jesus, it was in the Garden of Gethsemane. The writer to the Hebrews wrote that it was there that Jesus made his strong cries and tears and petitions to God. If we had been allowed to watch Jesus that day, praying, we may have thought, my goodness, if this is the way Jesus acts in prayer, what's he going to do when he really faces the crisis? I mean, it seemed like wouldn't he want to be like his sleeping friends here, who seemed to have found the, uh, you know, the 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 spiritual peace in the middle of the storm? But when the crisis did come, it was Jesus who went to the cross in triumph, and it was the disciples who fell away. To Jesus, prayer was absolutely essential. Everything was in the prayer time. It was out of the prayer that came the ministry. It was out of the prayer that came the courage. Out of the prayer that came the victory. You see, out of the prayer that came the miracles. Out of the prayer that 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 came the came the teaching. Came the knowledge. Came the wisdom. I'm sure some of you will recall that story of. Uh, if you know anything about football. I'm sure some of you called that infamous true story in the world of uh, National Football League history. In uh, 1961 where Vince Lombardi kicked off the first day of training camp for the 38 players on his Green Bay Packers football team. The Packers. They had, the previous year, they they had ended in a it had ended in a heartbreaking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles after blowing a lead in the fourth quarter of the championship game. And when the players came to the starting uh, to start training camp that year, they expected to immediately begin where they had left off the previous season and work on ways to advance their game and learn fancy new ways to win the championship in the, in the new, new season. And when they sat down and, 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 and began, Vince Lombardi, he held a football up and said, gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> he then had everybody open up their playbooks and he started on page one, where they began to learn the fundamentals of blocking, tackling, throwing, catching, and that was clearly not what they expected as the players who were just last season on top of their game. But this hyper focus on fundamentals allowed them to win the championship that season 37-0 against the New York Giants. Vince Lombardi he went on to win five. More championships in the next seven years, and he never coached a team without, with a, excuse me, he never coached a team with uh, with a losing season after that, and never lost a playoff game again. Well, if uh, I think prayer is kind of like that, for sometimes that's what this disciple was asking, Lord, teach us to pray. And so the Lord gives them, gives them this model, this model of prayer of this is a football, guys, (laughs) as he goes through the outline of this this prayer. And it's another way of saying the basic... Guys, here's the basic fundamentals. Here's the essentials. Practice these essentials. Practice this. Don't expect to be perfect in it the very first time you pray. Don't don't, Don't expect to be great at it, you know. You're practicing. Prayer, you know, the only way to get good in prayer is to practice. Someone said the only way to get good in preaching is to practice. And that's why people say, I still need lots of practice. <laughs> Someone said, I want to be a great preacher. I said, well, you, do you preach much? No. Well, you'll never make it. You've got to practice. It's, it's, it's the same way in, in prayer. You have to practice. And if, if you're inconsistent day after day, well, then you're not practicing. But if you just take a little time every day and just you know and go in before the Lord without guilt and just say Lord I really want to learn to pray help me to do what you did because Jesus just simply gave these disciples the you know the the fundamentals of how he prayed it's really quite quite amazing he gave them these, these these essentials that if you, again, if you be, desire to begin learning how to be a, a praying Christian and not just a Christian who prays, to become a mature prayer who is willing to admit weakness and to confess to God that you really don't know very much what, to de- what you're doing, and that you're back in first grade, well then really, you're in a great place to learn. You know, to be taught by the Holy Spirit and the Word, to determine to clutch on to and practice those fundamentals. That just simply opens the door and enables you to uh, fellowship more meaningfully with God and, and all the blessings that come with that fellowship. And that, that it's so imperative for you and for me to begin learning to pray. And again, just like babies have to learn, learn to walk, just take your time. Take it step by step and stumble by stumble and strength by strength. Yeah. It's properly practicing prayer that just leads to becoming a praying Christian. It doesn't happen overnight. It just happens as you practice consistently. If you practice incorrectly, you're going to fail, but the Holy Spirit will teach you, the sincere person, how to pray. Amazing, and you'll learn amazing things. Let me just give you a brief outline, and we're going to cover these next week, and we're going to begin touching on these next week. But Jesus said, when you begin to pray, you say, Father. Hmm. So first of all, there's a person that we pray to. There's a person that we pray to. It said, Hallowed be your name. All prayers should begin that way, Jesus says. Now your prayers should begin that way. That you should be focusing on God. Focus on Him. Not your needs. Not your trouble. Not your problems. Focus on who He is focus on some aspect of Him. And then second of all you you pray your kingdom come. Then you say Lord I'm concerned about your program. How do we make Jesus Lord? Lord uh, uh, maybe you want to pray about a mission field. How do we make Jesus Lord in this situation going on uh, in in, in Thailand or in the Ukraine or wherever. Uh, Or maybe how do I make Jesus Lord today at the factory Lord? As I'm having trouble with a certain person, help me to make Jesus Lord to bring your program to bring the kingdom of God to earth in my life. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. And we're going to go over these again next week. We'll, we'll touch on these. You know these. You know our basic needs. You know we're relying on you. And then forgive us as we forgive others. As we go into thinking about forgiving people and. And how God forgives us, then how do we deal with temptation? How do we deal with temptation? You know, Lord, yeah, keep us from temptation. Those are the essentials, Jesus says. Those are the essentials that we must learn how to pray. And we'll be just fine. We'll draw closer to God by doing that. And we'll learn how to pray. Learn how to pray correctly. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, today it is with us uh, so grateful and thankful for your provisions for us of strength and for health. We thank you that you are the protector and you are the provider, that you are the giver, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you have brought your, your salvation into our lives. You have made Jesus to reign in our hearts and that, that he, is, uh, he has given us the ability to overcome sin through, through his cross we thank you so much for that we thank you that Lord that, that um, in him we are able to we are able to live a righteous life a life in the midst of a, a sinful world in the midst of sinful people You're able, you enabled us to be a light in a dark place Lord we thank you today for the just the many ways that you provide for us in and, and our bodies and in our spirits and, Lord in our emotions and in our relationships we thank you, Lord. You're able to meet our needs. You're able to give us wisdom to know how to ask for the right things. We thank you for that. God, we thank you too that we don't have to be burdened by by grudges and by things that really just tie us down to the ground and that, in, that, that uh, make us um, not only impoverished but also impotent in in living a life of joy, in living a life, Lord, be of happiness because of some grudge or some offense where we haven't forgiven somebody of. Oh God, help us to see that Jesus in you we're able to do all things. We're able to conquer all sin. Lord, we would pray also that in this world that, Lord, that you would keep us from those temptations that would open us up to the devil, that would open us to his attacks and, and cause us to falter, cause us to slip, cause us to fall. We pray, Lord, you would help us to be wise and how we really recognize him, the evil one, and how to resist him so that he would flee from us. Lord, we pray that, that you would help us to learn to pray, help us to learn the joy of your fellowship, the joy of a consistent prayer life that brings us such such strength and stability to our life. And it enables us to be able to pray at the drop of a hat because the connection is still there. The connection is made to you. Lord, we love you today. I pray that you would forgive us of our shortcomings. You'll strengthen us and cause us to find you strengthening strengthening us through this day in our hearts and in our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Our Lord bless you today and uh, encourage somebody before you leave today. Okay? Be careful driving home.